Okay. I love this. I love this. Every couple, every time, a few times a year. You know, the philosophy, I, I really need to remind you the basic philosophy. The reason we don't have a choir uh, every uh, weekend is because we don't want to develop the mentality of a choir singing to us. We're all the choir singing to God. But it's so great just to pull out voices. These folks are around you every, every weekend. And, and, and to hear the quality that God hears from us on Sunday morning helps us to appreciate uh, what we um, give in our, in our love to him. But plus, I love kind of discovering, I see these folks, and I don't know they can sing. This, this, one, this one gal who, who sang the, you know, comfort ye my people thing, well, she's on staff here. I know she never said anything more to me than turn your air conditioning down because we're burning up back here. <laughs> You know, there's, there's four gals that works in an office that are kind of connected to my air conditioning. Uh, uh, I mean, I got the thermostat in my office, so, so every once in a while I see. Now, from now on, I'm just going to have her stand outside the door and go, Comfort ye, my people. <laughs> now, I don't know if she can sing. We can turn this into a cool thing. I, I, but I, I love everybody being involved. I just, I, lo- I love the Advent family. Don't worry about that microphone, by the way. <laughs> One year, I got to tell this, one year, you know what I'm telling, don't you? We had, this is when we were still the roller skating rink and we lit the candles by match and tossed the match into a styrofoam cup. I mean, there was nothing fancy about us. And so there's this family up here and, and, the, and the woman had just uh, lit the candle and, and threw it in the cup and began to read this long scripture passage. Well, the, the, the match wasn't out and the cup caught fire. And, and the drop, Tom Willis saw the flames. I mean, you, there are people sitting on the front row. Their glasses are just reflecting the flames. <laughs> this woman never paused. She continued with that scripture reading. Just, just what, And he's running for a while. They're throwing. She's reading the scripture. <laughs> I mean, it was great. So that's just kind of the folks we are. If you have, if you have your scriptures with you, would you turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I really appreciate you bringing your scriptures so that you can read along with me. We're going to read a very familiar passage this morning, and as we read this, I want to ask you a question to put it in the context. How frustrating to you are the interruptions of your life? Do you find yourself in a place where say, look, if I could just get my list done, uh, but I can't ever, I keep getting interrupted. If I could just do my deal, I could feel some progress in the world, but everything seems to be an interruption. Well, I want to talk about what God does with interruptions. If you will read with me Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were some shepherds staying out, before we even go too far. God does things in cycles, and the more you understand Scripture, the more you can recognize immediately the cycles, because He does something, many things in large patterns. God interrupted the life of a shepherd boy, David, to call him to be the king, the greatest king that Israel had ever known. God now interrupts the shepherds again, to call them to come and see the greatest king of the universe. And when Jesus 
develops as a king. He doesn't develop as a king that we know. He develops as a shepherd. And so, so you can see just how God keeps putting before us, if we have the understanding, um, his, his wonderful cyclical imagery. It says in the same region, there, was, uh, there were some shepherds standing out, standing out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, this is routine for the shepherds. They're, just, they're, they're in a home territory. Now, I want to tell you that in the life of a shepherd, there's always the slow um, um, implication of progress, step by step, field by field. You don't, you don't keep your sheep in the same field. They would, they would gnaw the grass down to where there wasn't anything um, um, left anymore. So there is movement. Even in the daily routine, there is movement. You watch the sheep grow. You shear the, the wool. There, there, there is some progress. And, and we like it like that. I mean, most of us like to see progress incrementally. That's the most comfortable for us. And it was, it was this light that had come into the world. Of course it would come at nighttime. Where, where, you, where you feel like, okay, I'm still totally responsible, but, but there's, a, there's a little break here. And, you, and, you, and you're feeling maybe just a little break. And then it comes. And then it comes. Now, it says this. And an angel of the Lord stood suddenly. I mean, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Now, I want to I I point a couple of things out to you. First of all, some of the things that we think are sudden shouldn't be sudden at all because we know they're coming. We know they're coming. There are some interruptions in our life that we know are coming. Let me give a few examples. Um, you know, those of you with, with, with young uh, kids who are just going into uh, their teenage years, you know there's going to come a day where they turn 16 and they get their license. Are you preparing for that? Because I guarantee when it comes, you're going to go, whoa! It, it's going to seem sudden. Any significant transition in life seems sudden, even though it was predictable. Everybody's worried about the Y2K. There is going to be an interruption in our life in the year January 1st, 2000. Nobody knows how much of an interruption. And we need to prepare for it, and we will prepare for it. There's, a, there's a, several simple things that we can do to prepare for that. But even when it comes, it's going to seem sudden, even though we knew about it beforehand. When you have significant transitions in your life, when you, when you hit 50, Whoa, man, that went quick. That's, this seems sudden. When you retire, this seems sudden. Where did that come from? I mean, you knew it was coming. When you get married, whoa, I'm married. Were you kidding me? It seems sudden. No, it's not. But there are also some things in your life, interruptions in your life, that are not predictable. And those really seem sudden. The point here is that any significant change whether it looks good on the outside or looks bad on the outside, feels like it's sudden. And it will evoke the primary emotion of fear. Look, it says, An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory shone round about them, and they were terribly frightened. That is a natural reaction to huge change. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. Now, this is really cool. I don't want you to miss this. 
If God is your God, if the Lord Christ is your, your Lord, then you don't need to fear any change that's going on in your life, no matter what it looks like from the outside. You know why? Romans 8.28 says this, All things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's a promise you have from God. The good news is that any significant change is put into our lives for our good. This is good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people, because it's not just for us, it's for everybody. Now, let's clue in again to how God works. Does God make the most significant progress in your life incrementally? We would love it if that were the case. We would love it because we don't like these urgent situations. I, I, I read a story this week about a, a, a woman who was trying to organize a doctor's office. They called her in as a kind of a management thing. And, uh, and there was, there was a, 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 an urgent box put out on the, on the secretary's desk. And that thing kept getting filled up. And so finally she put a memo to the whole staff. If you've really got something urgent, go tell the doctor personally or put a note on his chair, but don't put anything more in this urgent box that can't wait. Now, that's usually how we manage our lives. We don't want anything urgent that can't wait, that we can't think about. But that's really not how life works, is it? Because when it comes, it comes. And, and er, there's no saying, I, I, I read another story, I think this is cute. Some EMT guy was doing his training, and as part of your training, that you gotta, you got to uh, deliver a baby. Well, they've got, you know, they've got uh, dummies now that, that, uh, that you can do the cardiovascular pump thing on. They've also got babies now. I mean, dummies now that deliver babies. And, and, so, and so he was, you know, he was kind of nervous, you know. And, I mean, even at the thought of this thing. So, so he's, you know, delivering this baby and, and, uh, and, and um, gets the baby out. And he's supposed to do, I don't know, five or six point check. So he starts checking this little dummy baby uh, uh, over. And he, he looks down and here comes another one. And his natural reaction was going, wait! <laughs> well, you can do that to a dummy. You can't do that when it happens in real life, can you? You can't, you can't tell circumstances to wait. Because circumstances are going to come when they come. And so what we've got to learn is, how does God really make significant change in this world? He doesn't do it incrementally. Look back. I mean, if you, if, you, if you look back to the creation story, boom, there are big things that happen. If you look back to the geological records of the development of life, it didn't happen just progressively and incrementally. There were huge stages of advancement. Kuhn's paradigm, whole, whole concept of paradigm shift is that, that the most significant advancement in the world happens by interruption, not by incremental progress. And so when... There is an interruption in your life. That is a chance for huge advancement. It's uncomfortable, but it's a chance for huge advancement. That's how God works. And suddenly the angel was saying, I've got some good news for you. Like it or not, I've got some good news for you. That's the good news. This is for your good. Now, what's the bad news? Read the next verse with me. For you in the city of, uh, for you today in the city of David, there has been born a, for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby. What did he just do? He gave him orders, didn't he? 
He said, you know what you got to do about this change? you got to move from where you are right now to where I want you to be. you got to move. That's the bad news. The good news is every interruption of life, no matter how it looks from the outside, is for a great change in your life. The bad news is you got to move. you got to move out of your comfort zone. got to move out of the familiar territory. He says, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there's that word again, there appeared with the angel a multitude of a heavenly host. Isn't isn't it like this in some of your lives? I know some of you have had something huge happen this year. And some of you have had something huge happen, and then something huge happen, and then something huge happen. And there's a multitude of them in there. Because some of you can't, you just keep going, what, hold on, wait, hop, wait, who? You know, there's, it's, I've heard so many people say this year, I know God never gives us more than we can bear, but he really trusts me way too much. <laughs> the point is that the suddenlies usually don't just come in one time. The suddenlies come in a multitude. And that's because (laughs) we can deal with an angel. But a heavenly host, that's a reaffirmation. And look what it says. It says, There appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I want you to see the difference and what made the difference for the shepherd. They didn't say, wow, cool. Where's the sheep? They said, we're going to do something about this. We're going to follow this up. None of this, that was a good sermon, Pastor. I wish somebody I knew was here to hear that. (laughs) They didn't say, wasn't that a wonderful choir? They didn't say, boy, I love that song. The part where they sang glory to God in the highest, thrilling, thrilling. What pipes those angels had. They said, we got to do something about this. Our life has to change. We've got we've to put feet to our ears. And by that, they determined what that interruption would be. Let me tell you a basic truth. And I don't ever, ever want you to forget this. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Any event in your life does not determine the future because your past does not determine the future. Only your present determines the future. There is no event in your life that makes your life or breaks your life. Only what you do about it. The secret to the interruption is not its first effect on you. It is the second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth effect on you. That's 
what will determine your future, and that's how you will determine whether it is a catastrophe or a blessing. The angels said, let us go. Or the shepherds said, let us go, and they went. Look what it says. And it says, and they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the manger. And, they, and, and when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. They did something about it. Let me ask you something. I know some of you have gone through huge changes this year. And this is a rough Christmas for you. This is very difficult Christmas. Or at least you're still wondering what it all means. Some of you have changed jobs unexpectedly. You thought you'd be working where you're working, and you ain't working there anymore. And you're wondering, oh, what's this mean? Some of you have been divorced, and you've looked at that and said, that's horrible. And it is horrible. But is it going to ruin your life? Or is it going to turn out to be something where God blessed you in spite of it all? God hates divorce, but he redeems people. Some of you have lost people that you loved. I'm sorry, I just, I just did. Some of you have lost people that you loved, and they'll never be physically here again. And you wonder, is the world ever going to be the same? The answer is absolutely not. But the answer isn't necessarily the world's going to be worse. The answer can be the world's going to be better. Because what they put into my life, I'm going to put into other people's lives. We've gone through a horrible time as a nation just recently. You talk about an interruption to the Christmas season. Impeachment hearings, that's an interruption. And it seems from the outside to be a horrible procedure. And by all first impressions, that's exactly what it would be. Now, I know some of you are for it and some of you are against it. And all of us are asking, what does this mean for our country? Does this mean that we're going to now have a higher standard? Or does this mean now we unleash all of our anger on each other? And I would submit to you, nobody knows what it means yet. Because the interruption has not been followed up on. We have not responded the second and third and fourth and fifth time. We all will determine whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But it has not been determined yet. Because a past event can't determine the future. Only our reaction, only our follow-through can determine the future. Read with me one more time. It says, And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherd. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I'll tell you Thursday what that means. That's what I'm going to be preaching about on, on Christmas Eve. I love that sentence. Oh, And then it says this in verse 20. And the shepherds went back. You know, interruptions in your life necessarily will give you a short detour. Sometimes it's just a detour in your mind. Many times it's a detour in your behavior. Sometimes it looks even like you're forsaking what you ought to be about for a short period of time in order to follow through on the interruption of God. But God usually takes you back to the majority part of your life 
And if you followed that interruption, you never go back the same. <laughs> Ever. Do you suppose that the shepherds ever felt like mere shepherds again? I mean, shepherds got some good, good parts and bad parts. I mean, you get to work outside and, and you got a steady employment. And, but it's got some bad parts, too. It's got some downsizes uh, or downsides. It's got, it's got, it's got uh, the fact that nobody respected shepherds. It wasn't a very respectful thing. Sometimes you don't feel like you... you uh, uh, get much respect or the respect you deserve in your job. People look down on you maybe and, and, and they just don't understand what you're doing. They don't understand the effort you're putting out. That was the shepherd's lot, lot. There was also the fact that sheep are not very smart. They're just not very smart. Some of you work around not very smart people. You know how frustrating that can be. And so that gives rise to the question, I wonder if the shepherds felt like they were kind of wasting their lives. I wonder if the shepherds ever felt like, you know, anybody could do this. This is just kind of a meaningless existence. I wonder if I really matter to God. Do you think they ever wondered that again after that night? <laughs> Do you think they ever wondered, uh, I wonder if I have a place in the big picture? No, they didn't. And neither will you if you allow yourself to be interrupted by God. Because when you follow through on the interruptions, when you understand that God puts things in your circumstance right where you are so that you can take action, there's a sense of meaning there. There's a sense of, of place in the universe that you can't have just with your role in a job. So my counsel to all of us this morning would be this. Before we get too frustrated with interruptions, before we play them off, before we ignore them, before we dispense with them, we need to follow them up. We need to say, where's this thing going? How can God make a change in the world? And how can I make a change in my life that will follow him more closely? And if you do that, you'll just never be the same again. Pray with me. God, thank you for interruptions. We hate them. We hate them. But we do thank you for them because we know that that's how you make a significant difference, both in the world and in our lives. And so we would pray for two things this morning. First of all, we would pray that you would help us to see them through spiritual eyes so that we can get the fullness of what you're doing around us. But second, Lord God, we would pray that our lives would be of use to you and we could know exactly how you mean to use us so that we can feel a part of what you're doing. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, last song. Okay, everybody stand up. Here we go. We're going to sing Hallelujah Chorus together. For those of you who were in chorus, in like, in like in church or in high school or whatever, you've done this deal. Let me tell you, 
That's what the music is for. And let me tell you this, you'll still get lost. <laughs> Last service, I finished the song when they were only halfway through the paper part. <laughs> I don't know where I got lost, but I got lost. So some of you may just want to stop and listen for a while. <laughs> some of you, some of you though, really try. I really try to keep up with it. And, and remember, these, these, this music is being used by all the services, so please put it in your seat after you're done. But uh, here we go. We're going to sing Hallelujah Chorus. I love this. Okay, sing along.
Isn't he a great God? He's going to reign forever and ever. And you sounded good, by the way. <laughs> Let me ask the prayer team to come forward. And, and I'm just very aware that at this time of the year, we may have a larger proportion than usual of folks who don't know the Lord personally. But you may want to uh, come into a personal relationship with him. You, you may be at that place in your life where you're saying, I really, really want to do this. And so if you want to come up, they can lead you to that personal relationship through Christ. You can be absolutely sure of it. And so that's available for you today. I also am aware that, that when I talk, start talking about interruptions, um, some of you think I've been looking in your windows. And it's really the Holy Spirit has been looking in all of our windows. And so, but you may have this huge transition that you're dealing with. You just need to stand beside somebody and have them grab a hold of your hand and pray with you about it. And they'd love to do that. Okay? Now for the rest of us who are exiting, may the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and go with us as we leave here and go through us to those he loves. Amen.